Comics Coast to Coast is brought to you by patrons like you. If you'd like to help the show out, head on over to patreon.com forward slash comics C to C and show us a little bit of your love. Your sweet, sweet love. I mean, like a dollar's worth of love. And we'll take that love and hug it and squeeze it and make it do podcast things that you'll enjoy. So come on, see what happens. This is Comics Coast to Coast. Everybody, this is Brian Dunaway, and you're listening to Comics Coast to Coast, episode 331, the Maria Scrivan interview. Before I introduce Maria, shut up, Joel. I'll introduce Joel Duggan of Starcrossed Online. How are you? That's and- me. I'm doing great despite the frost warning in Canada in June. What? That's insane. I'm not allowed to talk about weather on my other podcast, so I have to get it off my chest on this one. That's, well, you're not allowed to talk about it here, but that is a little bit crazy uh, considering it is June. It's hot here. However, let's not talk about that. Like you said, I received some interesting mail this week uh, from, oh, from yes. a listener. Yeah. Oh, no, wait. It was from you. Uh, and- <laughs> oh, exactly. Are you, talking right. about, are you talking about other mail from a listener, or is it from me? No, it's you. Physical mail. Okay. Physical mail from Canada. I live in South Carolina, uh, and this this arrived from Canada. I got a package unexpected, and uh, it said from Joel Duggan. I was like, what, is, what did Joel send me? Should I have this scanned? Uh, but I opened it, and it is, <laughs> uh, it is a book called Inklings, Cartoons and Characters by Bruce McKinnon. Uh, and this is a really interesting book. Thank you so much for sending this to me. What what was what was the motivation behind sending me this book? Besides, well, it's awesome. Um, what, well, besides the fact that Bruce McKinnon is an award-winning Canadian political cartoonist, uh, he's Fair also enough. from Halifax. Uh, he is the first cartoonist that I was aware of as a young man that like did it for a living. Right. Uh, in terms of that was local in my you know, in my city. Uh, and cause I think I, Garfield probably came before me actually reading political cartoons, but, uh, I always saw it in, in the newspaper when I was a kid. Uh, and I own this book as well as Inklings Two, which is his second collection. Uh, I don't really know if he's done more. I, I feel like he, he focuses more on just newspapers now. Uh, but, uh, I adore his line work. He, his yes gift for caricature and and illustration in general especially the proportions i find uh are just brilliant and i thought hmm well i have a second copy now i know just the artist who would appreciate it so i thought i thought i would send it your way it's a pay it forward kind of thing it's um my parents volunteer at a uh not a group home but it's a a business uh called new boundaries that gives uh people with challenges uh jobs right but they need but they need uh people to supervise and uh, that's a volunteer position whereas the uh, people with challenges are paid so my parents are some of the volunteers and as a quote-unquote you know kind of feed they the the organization says hey while you're helping organize the book room if you see anything you like go ahead and take it home so nice. barry my stepdad always grabs uh comic books i've had herman collections now i mean these things are beaten up and a lot of times they can't sell them in the new boundary store to make profit because the books have been damaged or whatever but every once in a while there'll be a book that is in really good shape uh so this was a an upcycled book uh and i thought uh it would be good to pass it on because i i already had a copy 
Well, it's in great shape. I've been really enjoying it this week. I've been uh, opening it from time to time. And you're right. I love this artwork. It is much appreciated. Thank you so much for sending that to me. And good oh, no work. Problem. Quick your, question uh, I, ha I yeah. have. Um, is the political stuff lost on you? Because it's all a lot of it's Canadian politics. Uh, the, some of it is. However, uh, there's a good bit of American uh, politics. There? Okay. Yeah, there's a good bit it's of American politics as well. Right yeah, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. But thank you for that. I, I really appreciate that. And I'll have to uh, I'll have to forward something to Matthew to Charm and Matt the Wad. He'll have to expect something in his mailbox for too much longer. I'm sure. Matt, how are you? Well, I just want to thank Joel for not sending me anything ah. in the mail. I, right. I if I come across another book, today, I know just who to send it to. Nice. And and I saw nothing in there from Joel, and I said, "Oh, that is fantastic!" <laughs> so I just I had to thank him for that. Thank you so much, Joel. Empty <laughs> litter box mail to. <laughs> All right. Well, it's not now. It's time to introduce our very special guest, Maria Scrivan. I hope I got it right that time with no hesitation. You Welcome got it. to the show. Excellent. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time to sit down with us today. I know syndicated cartoonists, that's, that's, that's a lot of time. Can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and your syndicated sure. comic, Half Full? Sure. Uh, so I have a syndicated comic called Half Full in newspapers and on Go Comics. It's a daily panel. So I have one to do every single day. Uh, I also license my work for eight different greeting card companies in the U.S. and U.K. And I do magazine work for Mad Magazine, American Bystander, Live Happy Magazine, Highlights Magazine. And then I have some other projects I'm working on on top of all of that. <laughs> so that's those, me in a nutshell. That's great. Some <laughs> of those little magazines are some of my favorites. I'm a huge, okay, well, I'm a huge nerd. But, uh, you know, I grew up during a time. As am I. Right? <laughs> That's the reason why I was like, yeah. We was like, well, we should interview. Absolutely. Get them nerds on here. <laughs> Mad Magazine was a, a, a huge factor in, uh, in, in my young art life growing up. And uh, some, some great uh, illustrators and in, in cartoonists in that magazine. Just so inspirational uh, to me. As you as well, I saw that you were hanging out with some of the Mad Magazine people. Not jump too far ahead at this year's 2018 Rubin Awards. Uh, yeah. Get, yeah, how was that? Was that, was was that like great. you knew those guys from way back, or did you get to meet some uh, get to meet some legends? Well, I mean, but, well, they're legends and hanging out with them, but I've known them for a while. I've been part of the National Cartoonist Society since 2012, nice. so I've known Sergio over the years. I've got to um, spend time with Al Jaffe, who's 96 and still drawing the fold-in. Wow. Um, unfortunately, I don't know if you guys heard that Nick Meglin, um, passed away suddenly last week, which was just a few days no. after us hanging out with him. Um, oh, I, no. I was at dinner with him and a few days later, yeah, everybody is so heartbroken. That um, is... so that was oh, man. really sad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've got, I know, um, a lot of Peter Cooper who does five versus five. So through all these, and I live very, I live in Connecticut, very close to New York. So when, um, mad, recently had a farewell party for their last issue in New York. And I was there with a bunch of people and the boxes were all boxed up in the office. And then 
out of coincidence, I was in L.A. shortly after when it moved to L.A. <laughs> so I went to the new office and saw the same boxes still unpacked on the other side. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's been great to work with them. And um, right. it's a really fun. This is sort of like a childhood dream come true, too, because I loved Mad growing up as well. That's great. So if they had, had they had only have known, they could have saved a few dollars and put some of that stuff in your luggage, right? They could have just said, "Right, I could have just brought it with." Just right, meet us yeah. there, right? Just brought Too it with bad. me. Yeah. <laughs> Always trying yeah. to save a dollar. Mad I Magazine, know. I love it. I love it. Yeah, okay, so, it's great. And the, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead, please. Uh, I just going to say the Rubin Awards are are great. It's like a big family reunion every yes. year, so it's a lot of fun. And um, and the Cartoonist Society. We do, we do so many other things. Like we do outreach, they do USO mm -hmm. tours and we draw for kids in hospitals and stuff. So it's a really cool community. It's really great to see everybody. I wish I could see everybody more often, but at least I get to see them once a year, which is nice. That is nice. So I, I saw that, I saw pictures from uh, that event and uh, both events. And I saw that on your Instagram site. So if, if listener, if you're, if you're listening, hop on over to Instagram.com forward slash Maria Scrivon. And it is M-A-R-I-A-S-C-R-I-V-A-N. And if you go to the yep. show notes on the website, uh, there'll be links there, as well as, as uh, Maria's website and Twitter account and the Go Comics uh, website, which is, a, which is a great place to read comics. I, I like reading the comics there, going back and seeing my syndicated uh, cartoons from there. It's uh, gocomics.com forward slash half dash full is the best way to get to it, I believe. So You got it. Thank you. You've been doing uh, half full, did you say since 2012 or prior? Uh, I was in the, I joined the Cartoonist Society in 2012. Half full, I think, got picked up. Let's see if I get all my dates right here. By Go Comics in 2013. Right. And then um, I had done a guest week for the syndicated comic, Rhymes with Orange. Oh, nice. So, yeah, it was really cool, and I love Hillary. She's great, and I yes. and I really can't thank her endlessly for the opportunity as well because Rhymes with Orange is in my local paper here in Stamford and in Greenwich where I grew up. And shortly after I got picked up by Go Comics, the, my local papers called me and said, "Oh, we really love your comic. Do you want to be? Can we, you know, can we put it in the newspaper every day?" And I was like, "Oh, twist my arm. Let me think about that for a minute." So that was sort of like my first self syndication, and really fun to see. That was my big childhood dream come true because oh, wow. one of you guys yeah. mentioned Garfield. When yes. I was a little kid, it was like Garfield, 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 and I just wanted to be a cartoonist because of Garfield, and I wanted to be in the in the newspaper and the funny pages. So that was it. And then shortly after that, um, I got picked up by Tribune Syndication mm -hmm. in 2015. So I'm coming into my fifth year of Half Full. September 9th, I think, was a birthday, so five years, which is amazing to me because – Thank you. And I remember when I had pitched Go Comics. Go Comics, you can do a, a comic one one a day, you know, mm -hmm. you, three a week, whatever. You can do, I mean, one a week, three a week, whatever, however you want to do it. But I knew that my end goal was newspaper syndication. So I was like, I'm going to do seven. And it right. was such a stretch in the beginning <laughs> because I wasn't used to that. I was just like, it was a whole new thing and it was really hard. And now I can do seven pretty much in a day. Um, as long as they're all written, they have to be like, I have to at least have the concepts down. Although right. those, those may evolve once I get into it, but usually a day and then I'll spill into a day and a half, which gives me room to do other stuff that I'm working on during the week. So but yeah, it was a big stretch in the beginning for me. That, is, that, was that does, 
That's like a huge stretch. We talked to uh, Hillary Price back in 2010 on episode 92 oh, cool. of Comics Coast to Coast. Yeah, that was a great interview. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to think uh, about tackling a seven-day-a-week a comic strip now. And in some ways, my mind is like reeling going, was it tougher uh, you know, during the heyday, during the 80s and 90s? Or is it tougher now? Because back back during the 80s and 90s you probably had less life distractions but uh trying to get everything <laughs> put together was a lot more physical you know it was a lot That's more interesting yeah it, but now life is so hectic and moves so fast is uh how do you do seven days a week is this it's woo, woo. i think about that whenever i see like you know rena- like old architecture in europe or renaissance mm. paintings i was like they had nothing else to do but work on this <laughs> right. thing <laughs> and I'm fascinated because they're like, and they didn't have power tools, so I don't know where these buildings actually came from. It doesn't make any sense. But I know we have so much. It's crazy, the amount of right. distractions. It's absolutely so bananas. So and I'm many. not good at managing them. I'm not. Like, I'm, right. I'm a sucker for like, oh, somebody sent me a notification. Who, you know, which is right. terrible. And you just I, recently you know, got back. Right. So so you talked about this architecture you saw. Was that from your recent visit to the yeah. uh, the national, what was it, national cartoon uh convention of some what was the name of it exactly i can't oh, recall it's now. the the shrewsbury international cartoon festival That's in a it. little town called shrewsbury in the uk about two hours outside of london and i was invited to draw they have this festival in the middle of this town they asked me to do a write-up and i and i literally said that i wouldn't have been surprised to see a knight jousting a dragon to save a princess <laughs> because it was this like 10th century castle, every, all these beautiful Tudor buildings. And it really looked like you were in a storybook the whole time. It really felt like being in a fairy tale. So we were drawing on the street, these big six foot by nine foot blowups of a cartoon and all the people from the town, like thousands of people came out. I met the mayor. She came oh, out wow. and was telling me all about, yeah, she was wearing all this <laughs> cool, like regalia. I don't even know what it was, but she was telling me all about it. And, the, the town really loves it, and they have people playing music, and it was really cool. And we were staying in this this old hotel that um, – so the town, like, claim to fame of the town is Darwin grew up there. So right. apparently Darwin stayed in this hotel, and so did Charles Dickens, which oh, is wow. cr- crazy, right? And Paganini right. played there, and it was just this really cool, really cool event. I really, really enjoyed it. And then I – while I was there, because I, I went to Amsterdam to see the tulip fields, because they were mm-hmm. in bloom and incredible. And then I love Paris, so I stopped in Paris after. So that was my good cultural fix for a little while there. I, I love that. And I, I enjoyed seeing not only your your pictures from uh, from that event, you also did some inspirational uh, artwork from that, uh, from that time. I, there's one picture that you did. It uh, looks like watercolor, and you have you have. I'm assuming this is supposed to be you riding a bike with an umbrella and a bird on the front of a bike. Oh yeah, it wasn't supposed to be me, but um, right. yeah, that that did come from. I was in um, Amsterdam. Spikes everywhere, right? It's like a commuter right, right. peloton. It's crazy. Like I got really good at every time I went across the street. I was like left, right, left, right. Okay, go, because <laughs> there would be bikes flying by, and I saw this bike with that looked like it had a bird cage. It was this weird, like I don't know what the system was. It was like this kind of cage system on the front. So it's like that looks like a bird cage. So that's where that came from. 
And like people it. were riding in the rain with umbrellas too, which I thought was really cool. So kind of, it was like an amalgam of those different right. things that I saw. I, we, there's no way we and living in the South of, of America. Well, South Carolina in America, there's no way there's no, you, somebody would not ride around on a bike with an umbrella. They just wouldn't no. do it. I they know. Just do it. I know. Too much it was, pride. It was so cool. <laughs> oh, right. around here it wouldn't be pride; it would be danger. With the wind in Dartmouth, Halifax. Oh nope. yeah. Like driving oh. down the street with a sail. No. Right. Oh, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. You don't want to do that. Turn left, you go one way, and then turn right, and you're still going left. <laughs> <laughs> we have a. Yeah. <laughs> we do yeah. have a very we. We do have a very uh, anti-bike mentality where I live, but it, where I live is is a lot of long roads and not much city. And so right. uh, yeah. if you're on a bike, they're, they're like, what are you doing? Did you lose your license? It's like, no. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> We're just trying to be healthy. What do you want from me? <laughs> I live in a good, I'm a, I've been a cyclist for a really long time and I live in a really good, where I live in Connecticut, it's really, there's some really gorgeous, beautiful, windy roads. Nice. Um, yes, nice. People don't seem to run errands as much on bikes as they did in Europe, I guess, but right. I'm trying mm. to change that single-handedly because it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so around here, it's all about the hills because it's, it's yeah. similar to like San Francisco or Boston downtown. Like it's just it's a glacial harbor city. Oh, so it's oh all, wow. It's like, which yeah. way are you going up or up? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, oh, OK, so I want to uh, talk just a little bit about uh, Half Full. The, the, the very name implies that this is a optimistic uh, look <laughs> At life, I hope. And so I, I just got to ask, how do you stay positive, Maria, uh, when so much of the world today seems to be negative, especially on the Internet? I, I know. Mean, isn't it bad? It's hard. I know. I, well, I got rid of television in 2001. Oh, nice. I have not had cable television. Not to say that I never watched TV. I, thank God for Netflix. For a while there right. was DVDs, and now, you know, thanks to Netflix, Hulu, whatever – um, so I kind of cut out that sensationalism part and mm. I didn't realize how intense it was until Hulu had a program for a while. I think you can, you can get Hulu live on an iPad. It's like 40 oh, bucks nice. a month and you get live TV, right? So it was right. around the time of hurricane Irma and I had a friends in Florida. I was like, Oh, I'm going to try this out. I'm going to watch, I'll get live TV back. I want to see what's going on. And they were so crazy sensationalist and intense. And they were, it was almost like they got happy when someone died. And I was like, oh, yes. yeah, that's why. I don't. So I sort of avoid that. <laughs> I read most of my news online. But I, I mean, things are so crazy right now. I have a hard time even reading the New York Times. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's it's another thing to worry about. So totally. uh, I guess I, it comes down to focus. And it, in a way, the comic itself is therapeutic because I can you know, make fun of something silly in our lives. Right. And it's, I guess it's optimistic, but tongue in cheek, because I end up writing a lot about things that are annoying too. Right, so, right. Th you know, I try and find a relevancy in things that are bothering us. And a lot of the time it's stuff that's, you know, very personal. Like I can't put my phone down. I'm not talking about <laughs> other people. I'm talking about myself. <laughs> and if other people can relate to that, that's great. But, um, yeah, so, uh, I'd rat, you know, I'd like to focus in general. I like to focus on positive things instead of negative right. things. I think sort of like a life philosophy, but this is, this is a, this is a thing that I have struggled as, as both, you know, uh, entertainer and a uh, content creator. I, I often find myself, I'll get so down with all the negativity, just the negative things that are heading our way, whether it be, 
you know, as soon as you turn on your phone, there's there's negativity in an email or spam. And just if you turn the TV on, there's this, like you said, they seem to almost celebrate bad things. It's like, why yeah. is why is the news, you know, 15 minutes of the death report? Why is that the I only know. news, you know, and and also even even all the way down to the commercials? Because I'm, I'm with you. I just stopped watching the news at some point. I was like, I can't watch this crap. But that didn't even save me because the commercials every five minutes was some commercial for some drug for some random symptom that I had. And I was just like the whole thing just, oh, just so much negativity. So what is the value of entertainment and content creation like like what you're doing? Uh, I at, at one point in time, I didn't have very much value in it for myself because I was like, ah, what am I doing? What am I really am I really changing the world? making dumb jokes and and this and I was so down on myself but eventually I was like oh my gosh this is like one of the most important pieces of work we can do in society today besides actually going and actually helping someone physically locally to you uh, if you can reach out to other people and and bring that half half full mentality just that's that's work there my friend in my opinion I agree I, I mean I and I and I, when I get feed I agree totally I think right now it's more important than ever we need, right. we need laughter. We need just silly things to laugh at now more than ever because things are heavy. And that's the, when I get emails from people that tell me, thank you for this. You know, I, I look forward to reading your comic every day. That's what makes it all worth it. I feel like my business uh, is like making people laugh, which is right. great. I mean, that's, that's a good, good mission. That's a good mission in life, right? My goal right. is to make, to bring people joy and happiness. So if it works, great. If it works, it works. <laughs> and with, uh, with putting that kind of a positive uh, foot forward, uh, given how divisive the internet can be, regardless of the content, have you found that that's been reflected in like your followers and engagement and comments and stuff like that on social media? I'm pretty lucky. I haven't, I don't get, you know, there's always a couple people that have to say something ridiculous, but in general, and I don't read the comments really funny. I don't really, really read too many of the comics uh, comments on go comics, but my mom does. So if somebody says something, she's like, she'll text me. Can you believe this person? I'm like, mom, I don't read. But in general, I haven't. I had one really funny situation. I did this comic that was like a long time ago. I feel, I, I don't know if it was back in 2012 or, or whatever. It was before smartphones, after smartphones. So before, before smartphones, people were having a conversation. Afterwards, everybody having a conversation, asking about something. Every Afterwards, everybody was just not talking on their phone. Right. So it was like some of the biggest social media engagement I ever got. Somebody took it and put it online and, and said that I hated millennials nah. and that I was an old ass cartoonist, <laughs> their words. And that I, how, you know, Oh, you know, people like you hate young people. It was about me. It wasn't about, it was literally about me and my friends and just, it was an observation. So that was a big, like, that was like the biggest fiasco, but in general, I don't get too much, too much, um, you know, like hate mail and which is nice. I mean, usually I get positive feedback, which is good. Mm. I mean, people always have weird, you know, you never know what's going to strike somebody <laughs> in a weird way. <laughs> I got in trouble for um, this one. I did. I had a dog at, you know, at Heaven's Gate and he was looking oh. at St. Peter and St. Peter said, not all dogs go to heaven. And <laughs> I was just doing the play on words. I have a dog. I love my dog. The dog didn't get hurt. I didn't even say he wasn't going to heaven. People got so mad at me. They're like, what? Can, what? 
all dogs go to heaven. How could you? And I was like, oh my God, I totally screwed up. Like, I didn't even think it was going to go down that road. Right. I was just trying to twist the words, but, but you can't really... it's, a, it's an animated feature. It's got to be true anyway. It doesn't matter what, you, <laughs> what your opinion is. Oh, thank right. God it wasn't animated. Thank God it wasn't. There was no movement in it. Can you imagine? Right, right. Um, oh. Yeah, so I guess, like, I try and, you know, I. I try and avoid mean-spirited humor. I'm not out to hurt anybody or make anybody feel bad. But in the end, you never really know what people's perceptions are. So I can't, you know, I can't begin to guess. But it is a bummer, though. I feel bad about just the Internet. I think all the time, would people be having this conversation in an elevator face-to-face? Like this weird bravado people have behind a keyboard, especially with political stuff. Forget it. I just don't understand how that happened. It feels like it's almost like road rage but with a keyboard and like people have to attack people and this is like how they do like they have some energy they have to get out this is how they do it so right it's too bad it's too bad it is in that place we 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 separate ourselves just like you say like we do in cars you no longer see the other person as a person you just see them as like competition it's like uh and so yeah it's a target really yeah really a target yeah oh can't stand it also i don't i don't like how the media uh, kind of portrays this this uh, ongoing war between millennials and other generations. I'm like, there's there's really day to day. I never really see, you know, old people going, I hate millennials, or millennials going, I can't <laughs> believe you stupid old people. It's just it's such a it's such an internet isolated thing. That's the only time I ever even see any discussion about it. Is there? It's, it's not like I see anywhere else. I don't know. It is weird. Ugh. Whatever. It's a, weird, it's a weird time. It's a weird right. time. But yeah, so you just have to focus. I mean, but it's a choice, right? You have to pick what yeah. you put your energy on. So true story. Just might as well be something good, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. I'm curious with all of the things that you have to say about the observations that you've made, what pulled you towards a single panel, single panel comic uh, instead of a more traditional comic strip where you might have more time to write dialogue and, and say, uh, like have more time to write deeper commentary yeah that's interesting i guess the kind of gag panel format always came naturally to me and i had so many of them sort of piled up that i thought you know that's what i ended up pitching and i've tried some i tried a comic strip idea that that i i didn't even i i pitched it but i hadn't put you know a ton of time and energy into it and weirdly enough that you say that i have another concept that i'm kind of playing with because i like the idea of ongoing characters and conversation which i literally what you just said i like the idea of being able to play that out in a longer conversation than just a one shot deal of you know here we are now in the panel i do like the idea of the variety of different characters different scenes you know, every time it's like setting the stage, picking the cast, uh, having the conversation, and then it always changes. So I would like to kind of experiment more with consistent characters in a, a traditional strip format. Right. I, I agree. It's, it's, it, it's always a toss-up. Single panel, full characters. Joel went with full characters. Now he wishes he had single panels. Right, Isn't it funny? Yeah, it's like right. <laughs> the the only regret that I have in terms of the characters is the drawing style, which I mean is just my natural style. But my issue is that like when I do a strip, it's a it's a full eight hour day. Like it takes me that long to right. do mm-hmm. it. So this, I mean, and I've never had any any 
plans to take Starcross to syndication has always just been, you know, what, now it's when I have time, but it was at one point a weekly webcomic. Mm. And that's all I could have time for. I could, I could squirrel away my, my part of my Saturday and all day afternoon Sunday to, to pencil it and ink it. And that was kind of it. The rest of the work week had to be focused on, on other stuff. Right. Um, but I'm, I've often thought about, like, I see a lot of the stuff right now on Instagram. And I thought, like, man, you've got all these strip cartoonists that are having to break up their panels, either stack them in two by two or go panel by panel. And I enjoy the reading the panel by panel, but if, if it's a strip in traditional sizing, then it's not square. You're kind of dealing with vertical rectangles and stuff. And, and if they're long and it doesn't fit and all that kind of thing, but a, a single panel gag translates to social media just so well. Like you almost don't need a website. You know, like if, if, if you're, if you're, um, if half full wasn't syndicated, then something like Instagram or Twitter would be perfect, you know, for yeah. the, for the long scroll of all your readers, just kind of like seeing it when it, when it comes up in their feed sort of thing. And the other thing too, I realized it sort of is good timing for panels and I didn't, you know, predict this, but we're in this weird meme mentality where yes. people are going 100 miles an hour and they don't want to read more than one line. Yeah. So it kind of works well. I mean, even, you know, I know a lot of the editorial cartoonists are having issue with there's like so many memes now, right now. Like everybody's an editorial cartoonist kind of thing. But I think that's part of the process that I love too is chopping the words down to, right. to get it to the most succinct message. So in a way, it works well. And my luckily, the sizing, you know, I can squish it slightly on Instagram. It's not a perfect square, but it fits within that space, right. which is good. But my Sundays, yep. just like you're saying, my Sundays are strange. So I'm actually thinking of, just for social media, redrawing the Sundays in a different format as well so that they fit. Because mm. otherwise, that, they get squished and you can't really see them. Yeah. I mean, the thing with, with Instagram, at least you can you can now upload images that are not square. Like you can say, right. mm, this, don't crop this. But but if it's a weird shape, then there's a lot of white space and it people, it, or it appears too small. I, I've right, had that exactly. problem before, yeah. So I'm curious actually when you mentioned the, you know, condensing the joke and the and the, the verbiage down to like the, the most minimal possible. Uh, I noticed with your panel, uh, the the joke, if there if there is like a, uh, what sort of looking for, a caption, it's inside the drawing. As opposed right. to underneath it, like uh, Herman oh. and and um, was it Farside? I think when I was reading right. those in the papers underneath. younger, they always had like a, a, a typed thing underneath where yours is a hand lettered thing inside the comic. Yeah. Huh. That's funny. Right. I don't know why I made that. I think part of it. Well, part of it, why it works. I don't remember why I made that conscious decision. I, I remember flipping back and forth. But one of the reasons that it works well for me is a lot of my comics get translated into greeting cards hmm. and with greeting cards uh, you want the joke in the top third so when right. it's on the rack you want to be able to see the joke right away so right, it works right. out well for me to have it in the bubble and I also kind of like it contained and then for social media it works well too because a lot of the time people like to crop things off <laughs> like my signature um, so it works well to have it in there but I don't remember right. what my thought process was um, why I went with that I'm sure I had a reason at the time right. But it, it it worked out, whatever my reading was. Right. I'm sure I've seen other panel comics that do it, but I can't recall one. Oh, that, sure. You know, like... Bizarro. Hillary's, uh, Ron Zadaris oh, okay. does. Yes, yes, yes. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of panels do. I think, uh, let's see. Yeah, quite a few, actually, that I'm thinking okay. of a off lot, top Yeah, right. a lot more of the modern comics. So here. it just, just happens yeah. to be my... And then this thing, like, I haven't read a newspaper and really done a lot of online comic consumption in a long time. I mean, I, I read stuff when we have guests, but, I, like, I don't 
really read many comics. I think the only comic strip I read right now is Zitz. That's about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Say, oh, so speaking of, uh, you know, single panel comics that, that had uh, text underneath it, had you guys uh, seen the latest screenshots of uh, the translation of the Adams Family comic based on no. the original Adams Family comic? Did you guys read no. the, the Adams Family back in the day? No. no. Wow. Oh, How yeah. cool. It was so good. It was so unique and odd. Uh, I, like I said, I, I used to be a big fan of the Adams Family. Not not within my timeline, but I've got plenty of books, and I went back and watched. And now they have a new thing. It looks like uh, so far what I've seen from this the screenshots that this new uh, feature is going to be mm. like stop motion kind of thing. Oh mm-hmm. wow. Yeah, but cool. the only thing is, I'm I'm not quite sure how I feel about it yet because I've only seen the sh- the shots. But it was always I always loved the the black and white uh, look of the comic strip, and this is going to be colored. I was and, just about uh, to ask you that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be colored. And I, huh. I it's would pretty muted. It. Yeah, it's, it's pre- muted. I mean, the colors are pretty mute. Right, but there was something so 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 good about the creepiness uh, yeah. of the Adams family yeah. being in black and white, and I'm just. Uh, Look at me! I'm an old man. Look here, you millennials. Yeah, you don't have they're, any idea. No, I'm just kidding. they're still pretty creepy, and uh, and apparently the the and character kooky. designs, yeah, and <laughs> right, yeah, right. <laughs> the character designs apparently are very close to the original. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. The I original find strip. It. Certainly yeah. inspired by. I think it. I think it looks really good. I mean, I, I like I have how, hopes. I like how they don't. Well, something. It's funny. I just talked about this on my other show, talking about animation. How everything is just sort of looking the same. Like you got Disney and Pixar and I mean, um, we talked about the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse trailer. Oh, that looks good. We were, yeah, we're giving it a lot of points because it really looks different. Like it's got different timing in the animation. It's got different Mm -hmm. styling. It doesn't look like a, (laughs) I'm going to quote Hammond here. It doesn't look like a Dixar movie. Nice. That's funny. Right, right. I thought it was pretty good. True story, Uh, true story. But even some of the, the Universal and the Sony stuff. Well, okay. Um, Spider-Man, Sony, but like some of the other movies over the last few years, it's really looking kind of homogenized. Whereas this Adams Family thing, I'm giving it a lot of props for like being weird, unique, like looking. really cool. weird. Cool. I want to take a look. That's great. I'm I'm looking forward to that. Um, didn't mean to sidetrack there. I was just no, so no, excited cool. about it. It's been sitting in my head. So okay, <laughs> so Maria, I got to ask you a question. I got to ask you. Uh, yeah. So I I love your work, and a lot of it looks. Like classic mediums, like watercolors, and it, it just looks like it's, it's, there's a lot of hand-drawn stuff to it. But I know you're working digital, right? Yeah. So I, I, a friend of mine, I didn't coin this phrase, but I'm going to totally steal it. So I, I consider it. myself a tradigital artist now. Nice. Because I like both, and I, I, was, ink, I was inking, hand-inking, uh, half-full for a really right. long time, and then scanning everything, coloring it in Photoshop. And a year ago, maybe a little bit longer, I bought an iPad Pro, and this was before Procreate had layers and could accept Photoshop files mm-hmm. back and forth. So I used it, and I was like, this is in a really expensive Etch-A-Sketch, and I brought it back. <laughs> so then a friend of mine got it, and he's like, oh, yeah, Procreate has layers and whatever. I was like, what? 
oh, and that changed everything. <laughs> so now I draw the comic entirely on um, the iPad Pro. I also have a Cintiq desktop, which I end up using right. for the tweaking and the final. So I kind of rely on both devices. But mm -hmm. the portability of the iPad Pro is incredible. And I, I, and I use watercolor. So a lot of the, the sketches from my trip, the stuff that looks watercolory is actual right. watercolor. I know a lot of people can do that digitally. I love traditional media. So I want to use it as much as possible. I just draw my comic in black and white and color panel and strip format, RGB and CMYK. Mm -hmm. So for me to do that traditionally would just, I think, take me forever. So it works yeah. really well. Um, and a friend of mine explained this cool method, which I've been using for the last couple months, where I draw, it's almost like imagine like a cross template. So I draw like the panel and the strip at the same time mm -hmm. and then cut them out. Like, so it's like oh. I have the main focal area in the panel part, and then it's almost like I'm looking at Letterbox TV. I will stretch it out and add more to, you know, kind of stretch out the panel or move things around if necessary. Right. And then I chop it up in Photoshop. Um, so I love, and Procreate is incredible. I absolutely love drawing on it. I think, you know, there's the debate. A couple things about digital gets, gets me sad. Like when I go to the Billy Ireland Cartoon Museum in Ohio, which I highly recommend if you guys haven't been there because your mind gets blown by the originals they have. I'm thinking, you know, someday what are we going to have? Like walls of computers. And it's <laughs> so different. Like yeah. walls of iPads. And it's so different. You know, even a, I saw a George Booth exhibit at Society of Illustrators. And it was like, you know, in certain places he redrew a dog and just cut it out and pasted it. And it's covered with tape and whiteout and little oh. hand notes. And that is so incredible it. to me. I never want to lose that. But right. at the same time, I love digital. Oh, and the other thing with it, too, like the idea of not of being able to undo. I was oh working on a watercolor painting once <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm pretty bad. Like I have a bad tendency to smear things and, and like blopping. So I'm right. doing this painting of something like a scene from Paris and I, I blopped ink and I was like, oh, crap. Right now what? So I, right. I try and dab it up and I was like, well, I'll just turn it into this like spiral sun thing. And I love it. Like, I love that weird spiral sun thing that I would have never put there. And, I, yes. you know, if I had undo, I would have just undid, undid the blop. Right. Yeah. So, Bob Ross be all like happy accident up in here. Right. He would be so right. happy. Right. Right. Exactly. Ah. No, none of those. So I'm. You know, I'm torn. And all of this said, in another week, I might turn around and be like, forget digital. I'm doing all traditional. <laughs> so I don't like this is not like I feel like I'm. it's a constant evolution. But at this exact uh, yeah. moment today, I am drawing I, the iPad and I really enjoy it. And it's fun. I like that attitude because a lot of people feel like they've got to pick a lane right. and stick with it. But it's just a, it's just another medium. That, that we get That's an opportunity I, to work exactly. with. Exactly. Yeah. I kind of like you could use a colored pencil. You could use charcoal. You can use a brush. You could use digital. I mean, in the end, it is a tool. And it has incredible benefits. And hmm. even the idea of working very quickly or people who do live drawing, like at events, how right. great that you can live draw on an iPad and in a second just blast it out to social media yeah. without scanning and clean, you know. So I yeah. think there's benefits. There's benefits to both. And you are at least the sixth or, or seventh artist that I've talked to that has made a big switch to an iPad Pro specifically, more so for Procreate. Like that that yeah. iPad Pro Procreate kind of flows right out in one yes. sentence usually. And uh, <clears throat> former guest, uh, Nicholas Cole, that's his, that's his whole, he doesn't actually use anything else. He does all of his professional work 
in Procreate wow. on, on an iPad. It was, and if, and it suits his. He has to be mobile, Style, like yeah. he has to flip back and forth between countries. He's moving around a lot. Like you That's can't do that part. with a thirty-pound Cintiq or a sixty-pound Cintiq. Like you just, no. there's certain things that you can't just cannot do. Um, it's wonderful on an airplane. It's oh, amazing. Exactly. You know, and and in terms of just like. You know, we pointed out earlier the amount of work that cartoonists have to do. The amount of time is sitting and drawing is terrible for you. Uh, that's why you bike to do errands so that you can right yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> you know, be a healthy person. But with an iPad Pro, like you can, even if it's just sitting outside, yeah. You know, like you can have that change. You can have that um, that shift. You can stand up. You can like it. It is of no consequence to just pick it up and take it to the library if that's what you need. You know, I do have a it's question true. about. I do have yeah. a question about that because I have struggled my entire life to find some medium that I could use outside without feeling like I want to murder everyone because I've tried, you know, I've done sketchbooks, but I always feel like I always feel like the wind is always just against mm. me and I always <laughs> feel like the sun is always just glaring off the paper. And maybe it's because I have blue eyes. I don't know. But I, I feel like every <laughs> everything I do outside, if I if I try to paint, there's like there's a bug always land. I'm like, get off. Just I yeah. is it is it just me? Do I am I, I just so. an indoor person? It okay, so right. Yeah. So the, the the iPad procreate, can you see that outside in a sufficient enough light to be able to Well you create? want to be in the shade. Um, right, right. I've seen I've sat at you know, at, under an umbrella at the beach that's nearby has this really beautiful porch area with umbrellas and tables. I think as long as you're out of direct sun, I oh, think yeah. it's a little difficult to see in direct sun. Yeah. I find um, that all Apple products, even inside in bright light are pretty reflective. Like I, they've got a pretty, pretty good shine. Yeah. to them. Like right, I, right. I keep my, my studio dim when I'm using my iMac because I find that it reflects light pretty, pretty readily. Hmm. Yeah, I think so too. I know. Yeah, the bug thing in the wind. I don't know. <laughs> can't about help that, but... Right, right. <laughs> but you, you live know, in the, the South. I can't help it. I just, just <laughs> the airplane thing. I love to travel, and it. You know, I don't think I'd be able to travel the way that I do without using the iPad because I got my cartoon when I was coming back from that trip. It was a seven-hour flight. I got my cartoons for the week done, basically nice. on the flight home. Which was amazing. So, and then yeah. I had horrible jet lag for a week. I was practically like in a coma. So it was good that I got the stuff done, and then I could be a zombie for a few days after that, right. which was great. So the convenience factor is huge, and I think it's also it opens doors to do even more work if you can, you know, tighten up your workload. And I don't, That's you know, it's. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna, I was going to say it leads into a really good uh, our my, my next question, which I was going to ask you about how you balance your workload of being a syndicated cartoon as well as a healthy dose of licensed work on a daily basis. Uh, do you, do you work, you know, five days a week, seven days a week? Do you kind of, how do you do it? How do you balance all of it? You know, it's, it, it's kind of like, I guess 70, I don't know how to answer this. I'm, I'm stumbling because I'm trying to come up with a good answer. I feel like I, as I'm walking through life, I'm thinking all the time, right? So right, I right. take down notes and sketchbooks as I'm going. If I go for a run, I'll tell Siri in my phone. I'll take, as they say, like I'll say new note and just take down a cartoon idea. Right. And sometimes Siri really screws it up. I've told this story before. One time I go in my notes and I see claustrophobic tomato. No idea what that was. He, it was like he screwed up the words, whatever it was, and came up with that. But I think that I generally am sort of in thought mode, writing, taking notes, 
And I try not to work all weekend, but inevitably I end up working Saturday or Sunday. Um, But if I hit a wall, like during the week, if I know, like if I've been pushing myself too hard, sometimes I know I just need to like take a break and do like administrative stuff or go run errands or even like just do nothing. So I know that I can try and push myself and push. And then there's like a point of no return where my brain's like, that's it. We're done. Sorry. Can't do it. So and I try and keep it. I try and do my comics Monday into Tuesday and then open up the rest of the week for other things. But then life happens. If I travel, that will change. And then, you know, at the Rubens, I didn't have a thought for a week (laughs) the whole time I was there. And I was concerned when I got home because usually I'm sort of thinking, jotting notes. I didn't I didn't think, which was good because I think that's also important to kind of actually turn your brain off for a period of time. Well, well. You sound like you're a very so you're your type of worker who is uh, adaptable. You just you, you go you kind of fly by the seat of your pants. But if if you have that ability to do it, that's great. I I was just curious if you're a more structured, rigid kind of person like Joel, or if you were more just you know do it do it as you need because no, Joel's, I, yeah, Joel's I guess it's, I mean I'm I'm sort of giving you two answers, but right. I think it's a little bit of both. I have a structure that I try and follow, but I guess I'm not so rigid that if I if the structure needs to bend, right. I'll bend. Good. But I would I would say that there's a stru- I have a structure in place because if I ha- if it was just all all over the place I probably wouldn't. But well, you saw done. our show notes for this podcast. We have we have a skeleton of a show in our show notes and our questions, and then we just kind of we kind of go from there. It's right. good. It's good Which to be good. free. Yeah, it's it good is. to be free. It's a good I thing. I like that. Yeah. So all right. So we're we're getting we got about 15 more minutes of the show. Uh, this is usually part of the show that I start to like to talk a little bit about uh, maybe some advice. Uh, for oh. for our aspiring cartoonists out there looking at maybe getting into you know magazine work or or syndicated comics or just being an artist in general, I think Joel uh, has some questions in that area. Okay. Well, yeah, uh, one of the things that I, I've been actually hearing a lot of, I've been listening to some other illustration podcasts and realizing that. I focus so much on on web stuff that I I often forget about magazines. I've never been a magazine reader, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm just curious for for artists out there that are interested in getting their illustrations or comics printed in magazines. Uh, any advice for getting into the industry, like breaking in or 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 getting your your work in in front of the people that make those decisions? Sure. Uh, on most magazine websites, there's a little submission guidelines on the bottom of the website. Mm-hmm. So that's your starting point. And uh, really, it's just keep submitting and submitting and submitting and submitting and forget about rejection. Forget about the fact that you're sending things off into the ether and you may never hear a word. That's just the way it is. So just keep submitting. That's all, I mean, that's yeah. that's all there is. And rejection sometimes, if you if you don't get something in one place, sometimes it can end up somewhere else, in an, even in another format. So I feel like nothing's ever lost. And if it's a piece of work that never ends up anywhere, it's still a stepping stone to the next piece of work. So none of it's ever really like a waste of time, even though sometimes it feels like that when you're sending things out and you just hear symphonies of crickets, which yeah. I get plenty of. But Like throwing snowballs at a fire sort of idea. Yeah. Oh, that's a great. I like that. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Now, is there, I'm going to keep any... my eye on that comic. That better not show that, I know. Just wait. <laughs> About six weeks from now. Right, right. He's not watching. He's not watching now. He's yeah. Not, yeah. He's, He's, he certainly got bored by so, now. I, I, go ahead. In, as they, well, in that respect, like, I mean, that's, you know, basically hitting the pavement, so to speak. But uh, when you uh, when you started licensing your, your work with um, greeting card companies, did you have the same approach or did they approach you? Well, let's see. In the beginning, it was submitting, submitting, submitting. I think 
it was something like five years to get into recycled paper greetings. And yeah. the woman that picked up the phone, why I had called at one point, and there was a woman who picked up the phone and she said she didn't like my style. <laughs> right? Ouch. Just like my whole being, like my everything right. about me. She just didn't like anything about and the funny thing was, she wasn't even an art director. I found out she did contracts and then nice. had left the company. So oh. it, it ended up me, about me getting in front of someone who's like, oh, I love everything you do. That's great, um, <laughs> which worked out. And then there was the company I have in the UK found my work somewhere online. They approached me. So it was a little bit of both. But generally, it was doing same thing with licensing. There's little submission guidelines on most of the sites and pitch and pitch and pitch. And it takes a long time, usually. Maybe, you know, if you get lucky, I guess it can be short, but they, they, the, the pitches, I think take a while. It takes like a couple months to get into sort of their cycle of things, but same thing, just keep pitching. And I would also say, especially with licensing, go to stores and see where your work might fit in. So I'm never going to pitch a greeting card company that does photos of animals because that's not what I do. But if right. I see somebody, you know, companies that deal with humor and I think my style will fit. And I used to go in and for things like like mugs, I would go to a store and flip the mug over and be like, oh, what company is this? What do they make? You know, I could see my stuff on this. And I also walked the licensing expo in Las Vegas. I exhibited there as well one year. And then there's something called Surtex and the National Stationery Show that happens in New York, hmm. um, which unfortunately, when they started, it cost artists $75 to walk the show. Hmm. Now it's 600 because wow. the people who had tables, yeah, I don't go anymore. The people who had tables, I guess, got annoyed because other people would try and make deals on the floor and they were paying all this money to have a table. So, that uh, is but, insane. Yeah, oh. I know. It's too bad because it was a great resource mostly to see what types of companies were out there and the kind of work that they produced. Because otherwise, you're sort of wasting everybody's time if it's such an oddball fit. Like, right, if there's a right. company that does like religious stuff that will never ever do humor, there's no point in submitting to them. But um, I just think it's really, I mean, it's like the age old, it's like persistence. Right. Just keep going. <laughs> so is there, is there any place in the market anymore uh, with how digital we are to, to get like the writer's market or the artist market books? Remember those things? I do. Yeah. I do you do. still get one? I don't. Um, but <laughs> I do my, not. one of my first jobs in an animation studio was because there used to be a version called the cartoonist market a really yes. long time ago that yes. I had. And I found an animation studio nearby. And that's how I found that job. But yeah, I haven't I didn't even know that they still publish that, which is they funny. probably don't. I'm just thinking that so every time I think there's not something that's being published, someone goes, oh, yeah, Brian, they still publish that. Oh, well, like, that's good. I mean, right. I, you know, it's probably still a good resource. It mentions like all different other places. And I mean, then, and then if you've never seen one, it's the most it's the most boring book you've ever I seen know. in your life. It's just it's a crazy. list of names. It's not even as good as a phone book. It's just, yeah, yeah there's there's still a, a writer's market. Uh, you can actually order the ebook. Uh, there's oh, a, good. Yeah. Let me see uh, if there's a artist market still. Just curious. I don't know. I'm always surprised just... when I get a phone book delivered to my driveway. I know. I have I'm found... very surprised by that. Still. Mine. They, there was a phone book out in uh, out in front of my mailbox. I don't even know if they're not. Maybe they're not allowed to even put them in a mailbox now or something. But I was like, "What is this trash? Get it out of here." Who am I going to call? <laughs> in a phone book. That's crazy. No, I don't see. A, well, I don't really see an artist market. But the writers, they still, they still seem to like their uh, their books apparently. So. Huh. Go figure. Oh, well, that's good. Right, excellent. Yeah. I think that's, that's some, that. I think we have had an excellent show. I think we are about to wrap this up. I I miss Matt, and uh, I know he's at least going to be here to anchor in 
our last question of the show because that's okay. what Matt does. Gonna well, bring I him didn't in. want to interrupt. It's always yeah, such gold when we one. get <laughs> right when we get a guest who's who's so talkative. I love it. Oh, I just yeah, wanna... I do that. Sorry. No, no, <laughs> it's good fantastic. Thing. I love it. We just I get to just sit back and watch the fireworks. <laughs> it's lovely. But anyway, I do have one question that I get to cram in every show. Okay. And, uh, uh, so, are there any artists that our listeners should be aware of and should be following? There are so many, and I right. can't. I know, and there's this weird Jedi mind trick that happens when someone's like, "Who's your favorite artist?" And I like, I like, I have no ah. idea. But when I saw this in your notes, I thought immediately of my friend Ann Telnus, who is doing some incredible, incredible political work. And knocking it out of the park. And you can find her on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And she's also uh, and in the Washington Post every day. Oh, so, nice. um, and her, uh, it's A-N-N-T-E-L-N-A-E-S. And she's doing just absolutely wonderful. And she does everything by hand, all hand-drawn with watercolor and animated pieces too, which are really incredible. So I would check her out. But I checked it out right now. See if I, I love know. her Barack Obama. Wow. Oh, her yeah. everything, her everything, really. Her the, the the Trump stuff she's been doing, like her everything she's been doing is really incredible. Oh yeah, I do like this. It, it is, is that a real she, book? Uh, Trump's ABCs or is that? Yeah, a, it just came out. Yep, and it, yeah. I have it. And uh, she also won the the Reuben. Um, not was, was it last? <laughs> my timeline's off. Last year, yeah, and right, and right. a Pulitzer Prize. So yeah, she's oh, wow. definitely worth checking out. And totally an amazing would. person as well. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I see, you were at the Rubens with her because yes, is, it, is yes, that right? Yes, a photo of me and my friend Bar her and Barbara and I, yeah. Yeah, I saw you. I think it was uh I was meant to ask you about that pushy nasty woman or something like that. I think it was the <laughs> Oh, well. <laughs> the caption. She had bought she shortly after that whole nasty woman thing. Yeah. She bought a t-shirt that said nasty woman and then a whole she encouraged a whole bunch of us to also buy it. So it's been right. sort of an ongoing joke. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I like it. Anytime you can, anytime you can turn somebody else's words around and go, oh, you know what? I'm going to own this. I'm going to put it on a shirt. Yep. Yeah. Kiss my butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, Maria. Is there anything upcoming that you that that you're uh, allowed to talk about or would like to talk about before we end the show? You know, there's some really exciting things upcoming, but I'm not ready to talk about them yet. And I, so I will when the time is right. But excellent. That, yeah, that's where I'm going to leave it. So well, yeah, some really exciting things are happening in the near future. But nice. Absolutely. Well, when you do, when you do have details, uh, send us a line, and we'll be happy to, uh, oh, to promote the show or have you back. You know, whatever you. Yeah. Oh, I'd love it. That's awesome. Thank you. That's great. Perfect. Oh, our pleasure. Yes. It's been a great. It's been a great show, Maria. Thank, Thank you so you much guys. for being this on. Thank you guys. This was a lot of fun. Absolutely. We'd love to do it again. And uh, if you're looking for this show and others, head on over to comicscoasttocoast.com. Uh, we have over 330-some-odd episodes there. Uh, Joel Duggan, where can people visit you? Uh, they can visit me at joelduggan.com. I am having some issues with my gallery, so if you want to go to artstation.com slash joelduggan, you can see my art there. Uh, but everything else, all the other contact information, including uh, blog posts and things like that, is at joelduggan.com. My name on Instagram and Twitter. And while you're out there looking for cool stuff to look at, check out forgepublishing.com. Uh, we're getting kind of low on Piper's books, so if you're oh, if you're nice. interested in, in picking one up, uh, I'm happy it's selling so well, but I'm a little concerned that we're running out so quickly. So uh, mm. if you're humming Hawing, then you may want to go and check out forgepublishing.com quickly. Uh, and uh, as far as uh, upcoming stuff, uh, next week we're going to be talking to Derek Loftman here on Comics oh, yeah. Coast to Coast. It's going to be back. his second time on the show. Uh, he has a new comic that is being published 
I uh, remember Ruin World. Well, Boom Studios picked that up. So he's got mm-hmm. that coming out. We're going to talk to him about that and all that uh, that process and, and when and how people can get their hands on Ruin World. Excellent. Matthew Descharm. Best place to see my work is on YouTube. Just do a search for Matthew Wad or Matthew Ducharme. Excellent. You can follow me, Brian Dunaway, on Twitter at the Brian Dunaway. That's it. Thank you for listening to Comics Coast to Coast, episode three hundred and thirty-one. Do 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 do. I ended it different, Joel, just to mess with you. I was wondering. I was like, <laughs> "Is it over now? What about now?" He hasn't. <laughs> He hasn't said anything. And we'll see you guys next week. Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. <laughs>